Hello and welcome back to IT Varsity Tech Watch. I'm your host Bilal Katrada and I'm your co-host Masihullah Katrada. And today we're going to be talking about some very exciting news that has come out of the president's office here in South Africa. A few weeks ago the news came that Mr. President Ramaphosa is setting up a commission on the fourth industrial revolution. Now basically this is a group of South African intellectuals that are going to advise the government on how the government can take advantage of the massive massive opportunities that technology and the fourth industrial revolution are providing now there's one argument that it's a bit too late for the government to be doing this i mean there are people that say it's a little too it's too little too late now the thing with technology is that technology is is an amazing thing just when you think that all the opportunities have been taken up that there's nothing more left for anyone else there's nothing left to invent there's nothing left to innovate some bright spark comes out with something new and that's why i feel that it's not too late yes i do agree it is a bit late in the game i mean if you look at countries like the united states china lots of european countries i mean they've j- jumped onto this bandwagon a long time ago and fortunes have been made on the fourth industrial revolution both by established companies as well as young budding entrepreneurs new startups i mean lots and lots and lots of money has been made with technology i mean take the three most valuable companies in the world currently apple microsoft and amazon i mean these three con- uh, companies have a combined value of almost 3 trillion us dollars never before in history has there been a company that was so valuable these three companies made human history by becoming so valuable but i mean of course these are the giants there's lots of smaller companies that are not worth trillions but have made fortunes for themselves and the the great thing again about technology is that there's always room for improvement there's always opportunities to do things differently to do things better and to start up a business in that i mean look at for example the company uber which is basically a global taxi service that doesn't own a single vehicle they don't own a single taxi a few years ago no one new or no one saw the need for something like uber but yet today it's one of the most valuable companies in the world take facebook for example when facebook came up there was another company called myspace which was the dominant social media company i mean these guys had market share these guys had market domination and along comes this group of youngsters in their dorm room and they come up with this thing called facebook and suddenly the next thing you know facebook wipes my face off the face of the earth the same thing happened with cell phones i mean 12 years ago nokia and blackberry were the kings of mobile technology they owned the market as far as cell phones goes and they were at their climax along comes apple with its iphone and the iphone basically wipes blackberry and nokia off the face of the earth those companies barely exist anymore and i the iphone has been the king since then 
So there's always, always room for improvement. There's always room for one more. There's always room for innovation. And I firmly believe that here in South Africa and in the whole continent of Africa, there are ample opportunities for people to innovate and to come up with very successful, valuable businesses. There's still tons of opportunities out there for South Africans. So we shouldn't lose hope and we shouldn't become despondent that, well, everybody's run away with it and all the opportunities are taken. There's a lot out there. But we have a major problem in South Africa that's preventing us from taking advantage of the fourth industrial revolution, from tapping into those massive opportunities. And our problem is that the people that are supposed to drive the fourth industrial revolution in South Africa, the people that were supposed to take advantage of its opportunities to innovate, to become the entrepreneurs of tomorrow, are not ready for it. They're not ready for it and they haven't realized their own true potential. The problem is because they don't have the skills or the attitudes to take advantage of this. South African youth lack skills and they lack that entrepreneurial spirit, the entrepreneurial drive to take advantage of the fourth industrial revolution. Let me give you an example. A few weeks ago, I spoke to a colleague of mine who works at one of the tertiary institutes in this country. And he said something rather shocking to me. He says that some of his staff who are graduates could not even prepare a CV and email it to him on a computer. They couldn't type out a CV on a word processing program and send it to him because they lacked IT skills. Now, if we have graduates, if we have people that are completing metric, coming out of our colleges and universities that don't know how to properly use a computer, this is way down there. This is back in the late 90s. I mean, digital literacy, Microsoft Word, Office, Excel, PowerPoint. This is like the literacy of, of, of yesteryear. I mean, back in the days, if you didn't know how to read, that was a major disadvantage. Today, if you don't know how to use the basic functions of a computer, that's a big disadvantage. It's like the equivalent of a person who couldn't read a few decades ago. So this is the situation that we are facing. Our youth don't have the skills, but it gets worse. Not long ago, I gave a, a, a talk to a group of South African youth and I asked them a, a simple question. What does the fourth industrial revolution actually mean? And you know what? Not one of them knew the meaning of the term fourth industrial revolution. Masila, can you believe that? I mean, the fourth industrial revolution is all around us. It's taking it's changing our lives, our businesses, our careers in major ways, yet people don't know what the term means. Now, what, what does it mean? Okay, the fourth industrial revolution basically means um, that there's going to be, or well, there is a global change that's happening. We're going to feel this wave globally where technology is not just going to help us now with with jobs or with, with tasks that we have, but where they will actually take over tasks that we do. Now, the fourth industrial revolution 
is normally when you when you google it when somebody talks about it you'll hear two uh two other things that go with it one is ai and one is the internet of things these two technologies are at or what's basically driving the fourth industrial revolution now ai is where we are teaching computers and machines to take over tasks from us so we we know that we can ask an ai like the one on your phone to search for for information from the web and it can give you information back but it gets it gets better than that because now ai can do things like uh speech recognition or i mean facial recognition you know um where it can understand context and do tasks based on that so speech recognition is like when we speak to a computer we 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 talk to our assistants on iPhones and Android and we say dial this person or dial that person i mean these things were unheard of uh, you know just a few years ago and yet today we can have a conversation with our phone that's true and the second part of it the internet of things is where we're going to see technology or i keep saying in the past tense but where we are seeing technology taking over things that before didn't have a need for technology so for example your smart watches you know we have come a long way from the time where smart where watches just told you the time now your watch could take over your phone uh we also seen one of one surprising one is where you see technology in your clothes where your shirt will be connected to the internet and it'll be able to give you vital information about your own body i believe that's already in production where you know heart patients are being made to wear these vests that actually report to the cardiologist what the heart patterns of a patient is and the cardiologist will actually be able to detect that the patient is about to have a heart attack or has had a heart attack and uh, respond accordingly so yeah i mean that's already happening that's amazing so we're going to see this pattern we have already seeing it and we're going to see it start to snowball where technology is going to leave its domain and it's how uh, uh, what we like to say is it's going to come into the real world now it's so going to i mean the the p- the domain of technology used to be on our desk computers used to be on our desk and now they're coming into the real world exactly they we're going to interact with them in ways that we could not imagine i mean they look at si- self driving cars for example right that's a that's a very good example actually that's correct um that is one way that's that's has that that will affect us in in a major way it it's the way we move from one place to another there will not be a human in between um it's completely autonomous that's that you know we we don't we, we talk about self driving cars but sometimes you know we glaze over one important detail that there is a computer that's driving this car and in order to drive a car think about it as a human in order to drive a car what do you need you need vision you need to be able to see what's happening around you perceive understand process so much going on and you need to identify where's the road where's the pavement so that you keep your car on the road i mean there's so much really when you think about driving a car and yet these computers are able to do this that tells us that these are extraordinary computers these are not ordinary computers they do have vision they do they can perceive what's around them they can identify what's the road what's another car what's a, a a pedestrian so they don't run over a pedestrian for example and 
you know, navigate their way through. And obviously navigation, they know how to get from point A to point B. So this is all phenomenal. I mean, this is what the fourth industrial revolution is all about. I think if there's any one thing that encapsulate fourth industrial revolution, it's the self-driving or what they call autonomous cars. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. And honestly, the, the sad thing about it is we are very far from it in South Africa because like you've mentioned, nowadays you can't put it as a skill in your CV that you know basic computing skills. It's, it's not a special skill. It's something that you should have. It's like writing or reading. And it's, it's basically the, the state of our, the bulk of our students, the vast majority of our students don't have this skill. They don't know what's the fourth industrial revolution. They don't know what's artificial intelligence. Much less, you know, how would they even know what impact it's having on their lives? Now, if this state of affairs continues, let me tell you what's going to happen. There are going to be opportunities in South Africa and Africa, but those opportunities are going to be found by foreign companies investing in this country rather than our own people taking advantage of this. So that, that's what I, I feel the President's Commission on Fourth Industrial Revolution should actually focus on. It should focus on getting South Africans ready for the fourth industrial revolution. And that in itself is a massive task. And if you ask me, the only way to do it is education and to start them off from as young as possible. I mean, I just returned from Istanbul uh, a couple of weeks ago and the things I saw there were phenomenal. I mean, we visited uh, schools where the students, I'm talking about high schools here, I'm not even referring to a university, I'm talking about a high school where students were building their own electric car. Literally building from the ground up an electric car, a high school. There was another group of students that were building a drone airplane of their own using trash materials like, like used uh, uh, plastic bottles and uh, other scrap material. And they were succeeding. They had actually built the model, we saw it, and this thing was, was actually controlled by a little Arduino computer now, that's the level to which these students have progressed. Now, the question that we, that, you know, that popped in my head is, my God, how will South African kids possibly compete with people of this caliber? High school students of this caliber that not even our university students are, are, are doing. So that's a major challenge that uh, we face here in South Africa. And so I wrote an article, right, uh, in, for, the, for the Cape Argus, Daily News and the Star. I, I write a weekly article for them. And I, I addressed this article to the president. I said, dear Mr. President, yes, there are lots of opportunities currently in the fourth industrial revolution, but we should be focused on 10 or 20 years into the future rather than now. Yes, there are opportunities, but they are limited. But there are massive opportunities coming in the future and we need to prepare the future workforce and we have to start them young. We have to start them as young as possible. I mean, if you look at some of the most uh, you know, successful tech entrepreneurs in the world, I mean, I mentioned uh, three of the most valuable companies. Now let's take two of those companies, Apple and Microsoft. Both of these companies were started by extremely young people. I mean, take Steve, Steve Jobs, for example, the founder of Apple, right? 
where did Steve get his first exposure? Well, when he was just a child, he visited the Xerox Palo Alto Research Center. And um, that's where he first found his passion for technology, to where he was first introduced to it. And from then, that spark in him was created. Okay, so, I mean, that's my point exactly. The Palo Alto Research Center w w is was back then, and it still is, a place where all types of research around uh, technology is is conducted and there's some of the most brilliant scientists in the world there that you know are constantly innovating new concepts in computing i mean when we talk about touch screens computer mice color monitors these were all invented at the xerox park center and steve jobs visited as a child and he found inspiration few years later just barely out of his teens he and steve wozniak went on to found apple Bill Gates, tell us about Bill Gates. Bill Gates was coding from the time he was 12 years old. And again, just before, while he was still in his teens, he created his first company or, and he created his first computer. Wow, and that company was called Microsoft. Microsoft. That's, you know, that's, a, that's pure inspiration. From 12 years old, he started coding. He found the passion. He found the opportunities and he went on to found this little company called Microsoft, which is a giant today. It's the same with, with Mark Zuckerberg, right? I think there's a similar story about him. Exactly. His father actually taught him how to code from the time he was six years old. Wow. And then he was, uh, I think I, I recall reading somewhere that he was like this coding genius. People would, would come to him to code games and websites and things for them. And so when he came to university, uh, barely 18 or 19 years old, he created this website called The Facebook, which eventually went on to become Facebook. Now, the reason that we don't see that level of innovation and entrepreneurship in South Africa is because we are not preparing our youth from a young age to become innovators. We're not preparing them for entrepreneurship. Hence, the problem we have is actually compounded. So one is they don't have the skills. And when they eventually, let's say, let's assume they do have the skills, they still don't know what to do with it. For example, I was doing a talk, I was delivering a talk to a group of, of uh, youngsters. And, you know, there was, there was introductions. And I, I asked each one, what's your name? What do you do? So this one youngster caught my attention in particular. He says, I am a photographer, but I'm unemployed. So I says to him, son, how can you possibly be a photographer and have skills like that and call yourself unemployed? He says, well, no one will give me a job. So I says, son, do you have Instagram? He says, yes. Do you have access to the internet? He says, yes. Do you have a camera? He says, yes. So I says, why aren't you going out there jump into a taxi, take a walk, whichever way, all over the city, take pictures of beautiful buildings, beautiful sceneries, beautiful people, obviously with their permission, and post those to Instagram. Why aren't you going to a friend's uh, or a cousin or an auntie's or a, uh, you know, some distant relative's wedding and say to them, look, let me just do the photography for this wedding, no cost to you. Take those pictures, get their permission, put it onto, onto Instagram. Instagram is a massive, massive platform. 
for promoting your work. When I said this to him, suddenly his eyes lit up because now somebody gave him an option that he never saw before because he wasn't entrepreneurial. What was he waiting for? He was waiting for somebody to come and offer him a job. Now, that's the other problem with South African youth. They have the sense of entitlement. They think, you know, either the government or some corporate is going to come and uh, offer them a job or offer them an opportunity and they're going to fly. They don't realize that they need to create opportunities where there aren't any. They need to innovate where others are, are lacking. They need to solve real-world problems and, and find ways to convert that solution into a viable business and get an income, derive an income uh, from that. Instead of that, what do they do? They wait for somebody to give them a job, which is a sad reality in South Africa. So we got a, 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 you know, a, a compounded problem here. One is lack of skills and the other is lack of that entrepreneurial attitude among our youth. And yet, it's our youth that are going to drive the fourth industrial revolution. It's our youth that are going to be the future innovators, the future tech entrepreneurs. And they are completely, completely lost. But then there's also another uh, group of youth who are still very traditional in their thinking. You know, we're going to do accounts, so we're going to do medicine, we're going to do uh, some other traditional qualification. But no one is thinking about technology as a career. Very few people rather, not no one. Very few people are thinking about technology. The trouble is that there's fortunes to be made in, in technology. And I'll give you one example and uh, we'll conclude. I think we, we kind of running out of time. There was this youngster and this happened just a few years ago, a youngster in, in the US who was out of a job. It was actually an Indian youngster. He was, he was, uh, an immigrant to the United States. I think he moved in with his family, couldn't find a job. You know what this guy started doing? He started going to companies and saying to them, you know, all these documents that you have, what will happen if there's a fire in your office and all these documents are burned? Now, for companies, a lot of those documents are really, really precious and valuable. So this is, well, we, we're facing a disaster because there's no backups of these. So he says, fine, leave it to me. What I'll do is I'll scan those documents and I'll store them away for you, the digital version, safely. So if these documents ever get destroyed, I will give you the, the, the backup. You'll have a backup. You'll have a very, very safe backup. Now, this was a very attractive option for any company. So he started offering the service to company upon company, got himself a, obviously a scanner and he started scanning those documents. Eventually, his company got so big that he started outsourcing work to India. So companies would send documents to him. He'd ship them to India where they'd get scanned and uploaded, stored safely in the cloud. And then they'd send the original documents back along with a disk or with a link to the, the backup that's in the cloud. From there, his business grew to photographs. I mean. You know, people have uh, old photographs lying around in albums. I mean, those albums can easily get destroyed. There could be a flood, there could be a fire, there could be theft. Anything can happen. So people started, uh, he, he started taking photographs and not just scanning them, but touching them up. So his, his team, again, based in India, take old yellowed photographs, 
patched him up. I mean, he's got professional graphic designers sitting there in his offices. They touch up these photographs, scan them and send them back. So the old yellowed photograph will look as if it's been taken yesterday on a digital camera. Beautiful, beautiful quality photographs coming out from old uh, faded photographs. And this guy has built a multi-million dollar company out of this, the single concept. Now, where did this come from? He didn't have much skills, but he had the entrepreneurial spirit. And this is what's missing in the South African context. So my advice to, I mean, if I may, to the president is this, that yes, we have missed certain opportunities, but we need to have a long-term strategic plan rather than trying to play catch up with the likes of the United States and China, we should prepare the next generation. We should have a strategic plan for the next two decades how we are going to take advantage of the, foreign, of the fourth industrial revolution. How is South Africa going to become a global leader in the fourth industrial revolution? And the only way that I can see it is to prepare tomorrow's innovators, tomorrow's tech entrepreneurs, tomorrow's tech leaders. Anyways, that's all we have time for today. And uh, I hope that uh, our listeners enjoyed this episode as much as we did in um, preparing it. We hope to catch you the next time. I'm Bilal Katrada. And I'm Masihullah Katrada. And this is Technology Watch.